Hello, I'm Josh Whittacombe. And I'm Rob Beckett. Welcome to Lockdown Parenting Hell, the show in which Rob and I discuss what it's like to be a parent during lockdown, which I would say can be a little tricky. So, in an effort to make some kind of sense of the current situation... And to make me feel better about my increasingly terrible parenting skills... Each episode will be chatting to a famous parent about how well they're coping. Or hopefully not. And we will be hearing from you, the listener, with your tales of lockdown parenting woe. Because, let's be honest, none of us know what we're doing. Hello, and you are listening to Lockdown Parenting Hell with... Can you say Rob Beckett... Can you say Josh Widdicombe? <laughs> Can you say Josh Widdicombe? <laughs> you got donkeyed off there, Josh. You know what? Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. Are you telling Eddie, the four-year-old, to fuck off? I am. Do you know what, mate? <laughs> fuck you, Eddie. <laughs> Do you know what? Eddie is from Dartford, and I imagine in about oh my 16 God, years' time... Oh, beat the shit out of me. 16? I reckon Eddie will be able to beat me up when he's 12. I would love... in it. Well, so is he four now? So in 12 years' time, when he's 16, bring him to a Josh gig and get him to heckle Donkey for the longest-running <laughs> feud in light entertainment. Um, You're obviously not aware of Piers Morgan versus Jeremy Clarkson. That's a long runner. What a helmet off that is. I mean... <laughs> How'd you pick a side there? That's why no one really talks about that feud, because it's impossible to choose someone, isn't it? Well, exactly. Who are you picking, Clarkson or Morgan? Do you know what, Rob? Yeah. I'm going to surprise you here. Oh. I am, and I'm not just saying this for a fact, a big fan of Jeremy Clarkson. Really? I mean, I yeah. I could have been swayed to the Morgan side in the middle of the pandemic when I thought he was doing quite yeah. well on Good Morning Britain, but then he went mental again. So I'd say I'm Clarkson. <laughs> Do you, know what I mean? it, it, yeah. do you know what it was like? It was like, you know, when you have a girlfriend, like when you first start dating people, that is obviously absolutely batshit. And then and then you go, oh, she was all right then, wasn't it? And then the next week she starts like doing a shit on the buffet at a christening. You're like, oh no, I'm gonna have yeah. to, we're going to have to break up. Um, so That's Dartford for you, Rob. That's Dartford. You're Clarkson, are you? Well, I've, I'm not a fan. I've got no interest in cars. No. Um, but, and I uh, would say my worldview is probably quite different from Jeremy Clarkson's. But yeah. well, he's six foot four, isn't he? So he sees he, a lot more. He is. I actually think he's an incredibly talented TV presenter and very, very funny. Yeah, no, he to is. The point, I used to watch Top Gear with no interest in the the show, and he's yeah. that's him. That whole thing he's created. That do you know what I mean? Is so. What in your top three? What are you doing? You're going Clarkson Hammond May or Clarkson May Hammond? I don't get a good feeling off the hamster. Mm, yeah, and uh, James May, I think he, you know what you're getting, and he's absolutely fine with Hammond. I think he could, uh, on a certain day, I think he could lose it. I'll be honest with you, I'd prefer to go on the lash with May of the three of them. I think he's probably a lovely bloke. Yeah, I'd love to go on the lash with just May one on one. I'd love Clarkson on a wedding table, you know, like a, t- a big oh, table, yes, and him, him just red faced, pissed up, <laughs> dominating. <laughs> Five bottles of rosé down. And Hammond, Hammond seems like a lovely guy, but for me, I liked him in the early days. But when he started presenting Total Wipeout wearing travelling beads, yeah. like he'd been to Thailand for four months, like that's where Hammond lost me. Do you know what I'm going to say, Rob? I'm going to yeah. say it. Fly out to fucking Argentina if you're going to present the show, mate. <laughs> What are you doing? What a great jolly that is. I mean, they do travel the Top Gear boys, though. You've got to, to be fair, like, he must be sick of... Yes. Because that's it, basically. It just goes somewhere in the middle of nowhere and drive a shit car until it breaks. Is basically the show, isn't it? It's a great show. I'm not criticising, but I sort of feel like saying, well, you are in the middle of Argentina. Why not get, you know, like a brand new sort of Range Rover that could deal with those roads? But then it wouldn't be a good show, would it, if it was that easy? See, that's the genius of Clarkson, Rob. That is the genius of Clarkson. Have you seen this YouTube channel? It's just him outside a coffee shop. Pissed, but maybe not pissed, but on coffee, smoking, just moaning about like traffic lights and congestion charges. It's so funny. That sounds my scene. Um, anyway, sorry. Should... Oh, so in conclusion, fuck you, Eddie. Fuck you, Eddie. The poor... No, no, let's say Eddie... Basically, let me explain this. Eddie is currently obsessed with calling people donkey, including the poor cashier at the supermarket over the weekend. We are undecided how he decided which one of you would be donkey on this occasion, though. Keep up the great work, Katie and Lewis in Dartford. I told my kids to start calling people sucker. Like, oh, yeah. when I said to go up to Lou and say, um, it's time to brush my teeth, sucker. And it's quite funny, but if they do that to someone outside of the family unit, it's oh, yeah. horrendous. 
you you know, imagine if they called the teacher sucker. It's very 80s, Rob. What I think about sucker is it's so disrespectful, but you can't get that angrier. If you said, oh, piss off or something, that is instantly rude and bad. But sucker, that is funny, isn't it? A three-year-old calling you sucker. Do you know what, Rob? Yeah. You're raising some amusing little children there. Do you know what? If if anything, they're going to be a right hoot, aren't they? Sure. They can't read all right. But I tell you what, they can hold their own with Clarkson at the wedding table. <laughs> oh, Josh, I've got to tell you this before we start, Josh, because it is fresh, hot off the press. I have just delivered one of the greatest parenting 20 minutes of my parenting career. Oh, yeah. I'll talk you through it. Um, the kids are a bit bored of going to school now. The initial excitement's right. gone. And then the elder one... Um, is a bit like, oh, I don't want to go. But then when she goes in, she's absolutely fine. But then as she leaves, the younger one thinks, oh, yeah, I don't want to go to preschool. But she loves preschool. Yeah. So anyway, we had her literally curled up in my arms, crying uncontrollably, saying, I don't want to go to school. The three-year-old, right? Yeah. And this was like t- 10 minutes before we needed to leave. But like to the point where me and Lou are looking at each other going, let's just not send her then. And then we started inventing that she was ill. She oh. wasn't ill. She, wasn't, she didn't have a temper. She's not been ill. But you start... I sometimes, to get out of difficult parenting, invent that something wrong to sort of explain their behaviour. Yeah. Do you ever sometimes, totally. sometimes totally. you do that? Yeah, Of course. So, I, and then I was like, no, she's got to go to school. She loves it as well. And we know if she didn't go, immediately, as soon as we've decided she's not going, she would be happy and go, I want to go to school now. And it'll be one of them, right? So she's crying uncontrollably. We don't know what to do. She's refused. We've even offered her Maltesers preschool as a, as a sort of What treat. time is this, Rob? 8.30 a.m., mate. The lighter way to enjoy chocolate at 8.30 a.m. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We didn't go Yorkie. We didn't go Full Pelt. We didn't go Haribo. <laughs> we went Maltesers just because we had nothing left in our armory. Have you got a fun-size packet there or is it a full pack? It was a fun- oh, fun-size, not a full pack. What do you think I'm raising? Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, I, I... Did you put the Maltesers out in a kind of trail like Hansel and Gretel to lure her to the... I delivered them on her scooter in the basket. You What? To be like, you can have them in the basket as you oh, scooter to school. Wow. And then I mentioned, oh, why don't we drive you to school then instead? And she wanted to be driven, but we couldn't because there was a car seat issue that I don't want to go into. They weren't in the right cars. We didn't have time. So anyway, I, as she was sobbing, and then Lou was doing her hair again because she'd been crying so much, her hair had all come out. And as she was doing it, I start, so this is where it started. I, distraction is the best method for my kids. I had to do her and make her laugh and distract her. But you can't go full in with, like, banter. You have to sort of sneak yeah. it in. So I started pulling funny faces. But whenever Lou looked at me, going normal again. That is my yeah. from sobbing to fun again transitional period. Lovely. Yeah. And then I, and then that escalated to me pulling my T-shirt over my head so I had no head and I was running around bumping into walls. Oh, man. And she loved it, right? And then... I can't believe you were doing your tour show for her. <laughs> I was doing my encore at 8.30am, right? <laughs> anyway, so I'd start chasing around the house and she's sort of laughing a bit, a bit similarly. And then I go, I'm going to get you. And I open the front door and chase her out of the front door until she's on the drive. And now I'm chasing around on a scooter. And then Lou comes out of all the stuff, go, quick, the monster's getting us. And then goes through like the oh front gate. And, and I chase her out the gate and I chase her down the road to school and she's laughing. Wow. And before we know it, she's in school. Oh, mate, my, I was buzzing. Like I just done a gig. It was, it was such a ride. You are like something from a advert for a bank, Rob. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know those happy families you'd see yeah. who've just got their first mortgage from Nat West or something? I and you go, people don't live like that. The Beckett's fucking do. <laughs> also, unfortunately, the t- you know some T-shirts are a bit short in the body, right? Yeah, wearing one at the moment. This one is like, I cannot go shopping in it to reach top shelf or it's belly out. I literally was wearing a crop top chasing a child down the street. Oh, my word. Wow. It's a lovely image. I'm going to say it. I would not be able to do that at all. I'm too uptight. What, to chase down the road? Just to lose myself in parenting like that. Do you know what I mean? My natural instinct is to pretend I've not got no head and chase her. But um, anyway, so that went well and she went in okay. That is. And you're buzzing from it. So I'm buzzing, Josh. Do you think you're going to have got into a situation where you're going to have to do that every morning? Do you know what, though? I didn't mind it. (laughs) Didn't mind it. It made me feel alive because if you're trying to make a kid happy... Come back to me on day eight, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe not. But yeah, I, that went well. And I genuinely thought we weren't, she weren't going to school today because she was so upset. To turn that round, you must be absolutely walking on air. Oh, it, it, honestly, like, like, you know, Lou was looking at me like it was it was genuinely uh, the best thing I've ever done. I couldn't, I couldn't believe the turnaround. It was absolutely I- insane. So yeah, I'm just, I'm buzzing off life at the moment. I think you obviously had a few meltdowns in a week, so it's just good to 
get a good good bit of business under your belt. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. it feels like a two 0 home win before a difficult Champions League tie in the week. What a start! What a start to the week as well. What a start if to you'd the week. started the week with a no show at school, Rob, this would be a very different episode. Oh God, yeah. I mean, exactly. That's the thing with parenting; it's all on a knife edge, isn't it? Oh. At any point, your legs can be taken. We are a little bit of a hot head temperature away from a ten day lockdown again. Or two, yeah, two weeks or whatever it is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You forget that because you sort of like vaccines are working and the numbers are going low and it feels like we're all headed in the right direction. But one temperature, you're back, you're back at square one. Well, do you know what, Rob? Yes? Talking of vaccines. <gasps> yeah. I you am riddled with 5G. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Gates is literally in your living room watching you right now. All I'm saying, Rob, and I, I've not thought to say this before on the podcast, but... I don't know about these Apple laptops. Microsoft, it's a good company. <laughs> I've just, I don't know what happened, but I've just ordered an Android without thinking about it. <laughs> so I've had a big week, Rob. Yes. That's it. So you're all, um, you've got asthma, haven't you? Because you're not 50 well, yet. So I put this on, I put it on Instagram. I, don't I got, I got... ever mention anything on Instagram about schools opening or closing or the vaccine. No, it's I... not worth it, Josh. Well, I tell you what, Rob, I put my jab on Instagram because I felt, you know, well, I'll be honest with you, Rob. Do you want to know why I did it? Why? Because there's a couple of comedians on Twitter who are my most searched thing on the Safari app of my phone. Okay. Uh, who are anti-vaxxers, and I'm absolutely bloody obsessed with them, Rob. Oh, no, it's insane, isn't it? They're mental. Yeah. And I'll be honest, I thought, I really want to put a picture up on Instagram and Twitter in the hope that they'll bite and shame me. <laughs> You want to be sort of abused for being that, like, yeah. you're being... Yeah. I wanted to annoy them that much, even though I can see they don't even follow me, Rob. And that, God, do you know what? Now there is going to be a team of LPH researchers now trying to work out, okay, we need to find two comedians that are anti-vaxxers that Josh doesn't follow and they don't follow him. And then they're going to get a shortlist and try and work out who you're talking about. 25 minutes after I put my picture up, one of them tweeted about how much he hated comedians tweeting about their vaccines. You got, yes, you caught one. I caught, caught an anti-vaxxer. I caught an anti-vaxxer. <laughs> I like on social media posing um, like weird questions about the vaccine where I, I put, right, Yeah. Uh, obviously as a joke this was, um, hello people, semi-serious vaccine question here. My wife was shielded and has had her vaccine. I suffer from type 1 huge dick syndrome. Should I take the Oxford AstraZeneca jab that I've been offered or wait for the Pfizer one? Okay. <laughs> lovely bit so, of business. Lovely bit of business. Um, I mean, what I thought was underappreciated was the um, semi-pun there that was subtly put in. Oh, a semi-serious just, question because yeah. I've got such a huge dick. I don't think a lot of people got, but no. I just wanted people to know that. They, you I, know, I've only got it since you pointed it out, Rob. Exactly, and uh, I'm working on two levels here, Josh. So, and the, the thing is, because people have got perception of me not able to work on two levels, I like to surprise people, and sometimes I just want to bring it up. Sometimes most people think you can barely work on a level, Rob. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? It's sort of grinning and shouting, which I get. That is what I do. It's a living. I can also do. I can. <laughs> it's a living, mate. It means I'm not rushing out the house. I can chase one child down the road. And <laughs> top over my head it's how i want to live my life anyway so i had a lot of people actually commenting on that post seriously saying that i should just take it don't worry it doesn't matter if you type one obviously not read the dick thing and even friend and contributor to this podcast the wonderful gabby logan said definitely take the vaccine rob you shouldn't mess around and i was like oh thanks gabby and i said but what about my huge type one dick and she said, especially have it. So I thought, oh, she's having a bit of fun. But then Gabby, the lovely lady, emailed me privately a link about why there's jab safe. Oh, wow. I'll be honest with you, Rob. When, when you said Gabby had gone to DM at that point, I thought... <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's a fan of the type one, is she? <laughs> <laughs> no, Gabby's lovely, Gabby, sent me a message saying... Rob, whatever whatever condition you've got, you should definitely take the vaccine, which I agree with, but she sort of missed the joke, but now it's too awkward. Do you think, do you think Rob, that she's only scam reading what you've written? She's she's not taking it I, in, yes, Rob. I, th- I don't think she's took in my huge dick. She's just sort of <laughs> quickly read it. But also, more shockingly, which I took as a compliment, she sent me a link to the Times website. So, I mean, what world does she think that I've got a subscription to the Times wow, website? Rob, Rob, Rob. I'm not reading it. I'm not reading it for free. Rob. Yeah? You used to do Mock the Week. Our login still works, mate. 
They give you a login, don't they? They give you a login. I'm still using it, mate. Are you? You're still using the Mock the Week login? I'm still logging into the Times as a Mock the Week regular. I have been for fucking years, Rob. I am not reading the Times. But anyway, um, I'd like to take this opportunity to say thank you, Gabby. And I agree, have the vaccine, whatever your medical condition, whether it's a huge dick or asthma. And apologies uh, that I, I tricked you, but I didn't mean to. So I think that's my apology done there, Josh. Yeah, and I'd like to say thank you to Angst Productions for allowing me to log into the Times for the last six years. Um, anyway, how's your parenting week been? You've... I'll tell you about my jab. Oh, yeah, jab me up. What's happening? So, got the text. Now, I put on Instagram, before we got distracted, that finally my asthma was paying off, and a lot of people said, uh, you don't get it for asthma. So I, this is pure speculation that it's asthma-related. But my oh, wife right. is with the same doctor and a month away from me, and she hasn't been offered it. Oh, a month away of you in age? Yeah. But then, she, would she get offered it because she's pregnant? I think you get offered it and then you turn it down. How fat have you got in lockdown, Josh? I've not seen you for a few months. <laughs> Hold on, six stone. Yeah, <laughs> I just wanted that jab so bad, mate. I've been feeding up for a year. Yeah, I waddled down there. Well, my friends in Ballum got it, and they're only about forty-five because they, they're not. There's not that many people that are over fifty. So, oh my god, Josh, do you know what we, we sound like? Two mums, you know, sort of like mum, you know, like nan age mums that have bumped into each other outside the oh post my office. Oh god, yeah. What are we doing? This is a professional, well, it's not professional, but this is a podcast, Rob. Do you know what? Peter Crouch is welcome to number one if we're putting out <laughs> shit like this. I mean, surely the podcast you listen to should be more interesting than a random chat you have in the street. Well, I worry, Rob, that we're getting more inane, but I worry that that's actually the best stuff. That's actually the best stuff we do. Maybe being mundane's our calling card. Well, buckle up, because in a minute I've got a recording of me going through some traffic lights to play you, so... <laughs> Oh, the, the tricky religious traffic lights that don't work Sundays. Okay, well, well, let's save that for later, John. Yeah, I went for the jab Saturday morning. I'm going to say it, Rob. Yeah. I genuinely found the whole experience quite emotional. Yeah, I've, well, when Lou got hers and I was waiting for her outside, I felt, I felt the same and she felt that. of like, It's a weird buzz and I, I, I think we don't realise how much the sort of background noise and the subconscious noise and media of the, the pandemic gets into your head because yeah. we're just used to it now. But it's, so, it's, it's been such a brutal year. And it also feels like you're like, this does feel like something that I, a year ago, couldn't have imagined. I'd, yeah. I, like, I was just, I mean, I don't want to get emotional over logistics, but I just couldn't believe how well it organised it all was and how amazingly the NHS have put this out and got this sorted. Do you know what I mean? It's just, And I think the, mili- the military are doing all the logistics, aren't they? And, and you know, and that, that, I do think... The British military are quite good, aren't they? Yeah, I was marched in with a gun behind my back, actually. <laughs> it's quite hard to find the vaccination centres. It's all camouflage. <laughs> so you spend a lot of time walking about. Um, so you go in, there's like the waiting rooms and like it's it's just very sharp, very quick. And mm. also got a free sticker, Hope which was absolutely, yeah, yes. I was absolutely delighted by the free sticker. Um, oh, lovely stuff. And I didn't have that much of a reaction to it. I presumed, I'll be honest with you, I presumed I was the kind of stiff-necked nerd who'd be ill for a week, Rob. Yeah, yeah, me too. I, I, I can imagine that. Yeah. On the limb sip. Exactly. But I woke up at 5am, feverish. Oh. Took a couple of paracetamol, and that's all that's happened, apart from my arm's a bit painful. A bit BCGE, my arm, but apart from that. BCG. Oh, that's great. Yeah, Lou, Lou felt a bit rough the next day, but apart from that, was fine. My parents all had it. It's, 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 that does feel quite positive that... You know, we've had half the country's got vaccinated now, so it's good. Exciting. So, this is like a vaccine special, Josh. Sorry, yeah, I know. I just, I was just very excited by. It. I felt genuinely. Like, do you know what? It felt like a part of history. Do you know? What well, I mean? you, you will definitely be asked about this by your daughter and maybe even her kids. Yeah. They'll go round to granddad's house to talk about getting the vaccine. And unfortunately for me, my great grandchildren will ask how big my type one huge dick was. <laughs> of course they will. Of course they will. You know, if they don't get banter, and you'll say, know, you know. you'll say, look in the history books. It's all there for everyone yeah, exactly. to see. Because if my, you know, if my daughters turn into a couple of stiffnecks and get proper serious oh jobs, God, imagine. imagine if they're a lawyer or a CEO, the banter juice is going to be diluted by the time it gets to great grandchildren. And I'm just going to be sat there with these little stiffnecks doing puzzles. I'm like, come on, people, let's hide our heads and chase. <laughs> yeah, got a loose neck, loose neck, huge dick granddad here wants to play. Let's talk. <laughs> let's talk about how diluted the banter juice is already, Rob. So you're 100% banter juice, aren't you? 
yeah, I'd, I'd say I'd argue my parents are over a hundred percent banter to the point of you know it's too too much banter. Nothing nothing gets done. And how diluted is you and Lou? I'd say that's I'd, I'd say lose lose at a uh, seven point five on the banter and the banter dilution. And the kids, I'd say I'm I'm bringing them up to an eight point five. Oh. So I think the banter, yeah. the banter, the banter is quite high at the moment. But I did notice a point five drop off on the eldest going to primary school. Oh my! So word. she's operating about eight, but the right, uh, three yeah. year olds are still eight point five. But I'm, you know, I'm sat there sitting pretty at ten on the, uh, the on the, the the instantly invented banter dilution juice scale well, that we, we are. We can follow, that over, we can follow that over future episodes. I look forward. Yeah, to Yeah, exactly. It. Give it another thirty years. Let them have some kids, and I'll let you know how the uh, the banter diluted. <laughs> I had a bad parenting moment earlier, Rob, while you were doing your good parenting. Yeah. So this wasn't bad parenting, but I just I just thought, that, that is pathetic from me. <laughs> just really pathetic, the way my mind works sometimes. You just go... Yeah, go on. So I've always been a fan, since before having children, of the small trainers that children wear that you see in shoe shops. Yeah. Do you ever do you, do you ever plan on getting them and hanging on your wing mirror? Not the wing mirror, the, the rear view mirror in the oh, car. The rear, that was rear view mirror. No, I haven't planned that, but I have, no. you know, I always if in a shoe you just shop, use your own. I just yeah. <laughs> I just I try them on. Um, little size four converse, little grubby converse on the rear view. You jo- you jo- Sorry, Josh, I'm peppering you today. No, you jo- you joke you joke about my small feet, Rob, but you enjoy paying VAT on your shoes because I <laughs> It's a saving. Another person with surprisingly small feet is Joel Domit. He's a seven. I've got I've got nines, Rob. You're a size nine. I'm a size I nine. I take it back. That is a that is the average size. Joel Domit's a seven, and I think that explains why he gets so muscly. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like you've got to prove yourself if you're you know you're t- you know you're wandering around could in you, those little. Could he trotters. build up his feet? Could he? Could he work his feet? Get them muscly? I'm not sure so I mess, they go up I'll to size nine. Find out. Yeah, he'll be on here in a couple of years once he's had a kid. We'll ask him. Yeah, like trotters. He'll be on it straight away. He'll be having a kid to get on it. Um, <laughs> That's what they're doing now, Rob. They are. I think people are banging for exposure. <laughs> yeah, you could come on, mate. You've got a tour to promote. Have a fucking kid. I'm <laughs> um, sorry, what were you saying? So you're pathetic with your kid. Oh no, yeah, I just I, I love those I love those little trainers, Rob. I've always loved those little trainers. I've always thought when I have a kid, can't wait to get those little trainers. Yeah, yeah. My daughter is not into the little trainers. No. Won't wear them. Can I get? Can I pick which little trainers you want to get? Yeah. Are they little Adidas ones with the Velcro and the three well, stripes? The, yeah, the I mean we've salmon. got them. We've got them, Rob. We've got, we've got all them. these little trainers. I like little Nike <laughs> ones. I like the little Converse. She won't wear any of them, right? Aww. And obviously during winter it's wellies. Yeah. And then this was the first day of summer. We got the trainers out. She wasn't interested. Straight back in the wellies. And I just, I had a moment where I thought, this is so unfair on me. <laughs> This, this is all I've ever wanted, is to put a child in trainers. Yeah, like a little pair of Adidas trainers. And I genuinely icon. thought, well, it's all on the next one, all or nothing on him now, on whether he uh, whether he wears the trainers. There's a lot of pressure on him. It genuinely upset me. And I, and I thought, that is pathetic, that my main issue in life is that I don't get to put my child in tiny, expensive trainers. No, I had that with um, football kits. Little football kits. I went to Barcelona on Stagdon and bought two of these football kits, Barcelona football kits for both girls. And Lou literally would never put them in it. And then I tried to put them in it. And they went, oh, it's all slimy and weird oh. and, and, and silky. So now there's about 80 quid's worth of football kit oh. in the drawer. Never to be what. And Lou nearly threw it out the other day. And I, that was the most I've ever shouted. I was like, what the? You know, because I go back to my sort of childhood of not being able to afford football kits. Yeah. So the thought of a football kit being thrown in a bin makes me my blood. Bo- I will take any football kit. If I saw an old, even like an old Tottenham kit on the floor, I'll probably leave Tottenham. But if I saw just a decent football kit on the floor in mud, I'll take it home and wash it. I can't see a football kit get thrown. Away. No, of course not, Rob. You're a, you're a, you're a human. Yeah, I'm You've a got human. Heart. I've got feelings. Oh, but you see these kids at nursery and they're wearing like brilliant clothes. Yeah, and you're like, how the fuck are they doing that? I am currently I'm negotiating to a Clangers t-shirt and some wellies every morning. I, I know you've just got to let them find their own style, though, Josh. But I think I think it's all power play. Like you said, it's like you can be their prison bitch, and if they can smell, it's like a dog. If they can smell fear, and if they can smell you want something, they won't let it happen. Yeah, she's seen your shoes. You, she knows you want her to wear those Converse. But then you, baby, why don't you get them really, you know, like the soft bottom ones, the babies, and put them on the kid before he has. He knows what's going on. Yeah, I mean, he's going straight in a pair of bloody trainers from the off. 
I know it doesn't matter. That's the thing. And in my head, I'm going, this is, what do you, why do you care about this? She's happy in the so wedding. So is it actually annoying you? It, it, it did for like three minutes. And then I was like, what the fuck are you doing to myself? I was like, why do you care about this, you pathetic man? <laughs> do you oh, want to hear dear. about the traffic light, Rob? Uh, yes, I do. And I've got a couple, I've got a story about dogs and uh, smoothies. Well, there we go. What do you want first? Do you want to hear the traffic light? Yeah, let's do traffic light. So we've covered this for the last couple of weeks. For people that aren't, yeah, aren't aware, let's give us a rundown. There is a traffic light near my house that doesn't turn green on a Sunday. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, but oh, I thought it was God. just me, didn't I? But then someone emailed in and identified the traffic light. Mm-hmm. And it's been reported now. It's been reported. So I went to test it out on Sunday and I thought, I'll record this. And now, Rob, you might say that is an unnecessary trip. Oh, yes, because we're all supposed to be at home staying safe, aren't we? Protecting the NHS. But it is work because it is content, isn't so, it, Rob? So that, yeah, because so you literally only went out to record this. No trip to the dump. No trip to the dump. But okay, it, fair this enough. is content. So. Okay. Is it, is it? Is it, though? Yeah, because it, it's, it's no different from you doing a, a road trip with Ramesh. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly the same as going to St Andrews to film. But what I'd say is, though, yes, it is content from that point of view because it's going to be on the podcast. But from a editorial, is this good enough to put on a podcast point of view? Is it content? Well, let's not scratch at the surface of that, Rob. <laughs> okay, yeah. for as far as I'm concerned, this is content, and let's hear it. So here we go. Joining the correct rows now, rounding the corner towards the traffic lights in a second. Right, so far. Just before the corner of the traffic light now, and um, it doesn't seem to be any traffic. It seems it seems that it's free. Um, just coming up to the corner now. Um, there is a zebra crossing, so some people going across. Once I'm past that, I will be at the traffic light. And um, here we are. It's red. Okay, the traffic light is red. It's gone green. It's gone green. The traffic light has gone green on a Sunday. Oh, my word. Through, un, un, oh, my God, no. It's gone red. Before I got to it, it's gone red. And I've been left at the front. This is an absolute disaster. Right, so I'm, I'm now sat at the front waiting. Oh, my God, I'm so close. I should have just gone on the fucking yellow. Right, it's just me waiting. I can see the other roads counting down on their pedestrian crossing. So the other road is going to be let through. If I'm stuck here, I'm going to be fucking livid. Um, right, the other road, traffic's going. This is up being in your brain. Oh, Jesus, here we go. So they're all going. Still no one's joined me. I'm just on my own, waiting at this red light. It wouldn't be my turn anyway now, so I... I... Oh, I've gone green! I've gone green! The problem has been fixed. There we go. I, I don't want to take credit for us ourselves, but I think we can say we've achieved a lot in this show. But um, really, getting the traffic light to work again near my house, that's top of the list, isn't it? There you go, Rob. Oh, but you, that was strangely compelling. It was, wasn't it? <laughs> And then it was just, oh, and then it was almost like the perfect narrative because you thought, oh, it's just green. Oh, no, it's gone red again. And it was like the second oh. dollop of danger. And you know what, though? That is pretty impressive that you're, you, you've you managed to get that fixed just by moaning about it on here. Exactly. Exactly, Rob. Exactly. Anything else you want to get fixed? Yeah. Or has anyone else got anything they need fixing near their house? Doesn't have to be yeah, road traffic. Yeah, got anything that needs fixing, we'll mention it. Could be a broken curb. Could be a bin that's overflowing. Just let us know. The location, your name, what's wrong, and you then record yourself going back to it, and we can see if it's been fixed or not. And we, we, Social crusaders, really, Josh, in a way. And well done, though, Josh, to get that... Uh, Do you that know what, of... listening to that, I did think all of my respect for Jeremy Clarkson, I haven't picked up many of his kind of tips mm. when it comes to bringing the driving experience alive. Do you know what, though? It, 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 it's almost like a preview of your life post-divorce. <laughs> Going to drive down here again? Uh... I've dropped the kids back and, uh, yeah, just want to check out the dump and the uh, the red light. And, uh, yeah, I'll get to see them in two weeks, so not too bad. <laughs> um, yeah. um, I've got a slight issue with my three-year-old, Josh. Yep. Um, she's too confident in public. Oh, no, I've got the opposite. Well, especially with dogs. All right. So, 
she loves dogs, always wants to stroke dogs. And also, you know, some dogs don't want to be stroked. And I feel sorry for dog owners when kids just run at a dog. Because some dogs aren't friendly. You don't know the history of a certain dog or they've not met many kids. So they don't want to be touched. You know, you wouldn't run up and touch a person, would you? But so I always say, oh, no, you have to ask if you want to touch a dog, right? Or stroke a dog, ask the owner. And then normally they go to me, oh, daddy, can you touch that dog? And I make a judgment call on the dog before I say yes or no to ask them. And normally that judgment call is, is it going to bite their face off? And, you know, you have to look at the owner, you look at the dog. Southeast London, and don't get me wrong, Staffies are lovely little dogs, but they can also be trained to kill because they're so loyal, right? So I got brought up, our cousin had a Staffy, little Jesse dog, the most lovely, kindest, most gentle dog ever. But also in Southeast London, those dogs are used for drug deals. Anyway. <laughs> are they? We, oh, yeah. It's like protection dogs. What do you mean? You know, the staffs. Like, in South... They, they don't transport it in the dog, do they? No, they don't put the drugs up the dog's ass. I'm talking... Oh, they'll right, take they're... them as protection to a drug deal. Oh, right. Okay. Or just protection on their estate or whatever, or down their road. So I normally make the judgment call, but now she started going, excuse me, can I stroke that doggy at the owner? So I'm, she's completely cut me out. Oh, she's cut you out of the deal. I'm out the deal. I'm just stood there. And then this dog came down the road and I have never seen, you know, is it Ghostbusters, the second one, when them like stone goblin dog things come alive? Is that Ghostbusters? Michael will know this. It's the first one. In the first Ghostbusters, those sort of like stone dogs come alive and they're just like awful, horrendous, scary dogs. It was like one of those dogs. And then she went, can I show that doggy? And they only went, yeah, go on then. And I was like, oh my God. And I, so I, then I had to get involved and I put like, but, and the dog was lovely, but I was shitting it. But I've got no control now. She's in control of the dog stroke situation. Oh, I've completely man. been cut out of the loop. Oh my God, Rob. Do you know what it reminds me of? Have you ever like just sorted out a gig Someone's approached you and you've just sorted it out without bringing your agent into it because it's slightly easier. (laughs) Yeah, and then it works out that you've double-booked yourself, you're not getting paid, and you've got to drive five people there. Yeah, she's doing what you're doing in that situation, Rob. I'm her agent. Exactly. I need to be getting the first nip if if the dog's going to (laughs) attack. Also, Josh, I've got a huge, salty Josh Whittacombe story from... (laughs) I don't know whether to do it or not. You can cut it out, right? Cut it out. Okay. So this is a salty Josh Whittacombe story, Josh, Who but not from? from a stranger. This is from one of the people that work for Off The Curb, our agents and managers. Oh, right. Rick. Okay. So, Rick, you know. You know already. No, it's just the kind of person that I actually would lose my call at because he's not very good at his job. Oh! I'm joking. <laughs> I know he listens oh to the God. podcast. Is it salt? We've got live salt. From Josh. Rick, Rick is uh, one of my favourite people. I once found Rick. Um, I was walking around Latitude at about midnight, yeah. and there was just someone sat in the middle of the field with their head in their hands. <laughs> and me and Rose were like, "Should we go up and check on that person?" And it was Rick. <laughs> well, Rick, Rick, now because also when you first when you first started in comedy, Rick was one of the new guys in the office. He was starting out. He just got the job there. He and- was taking the bins out, genuinely. Was, yeah, well, yeah, he was doing the sort of um, like, but they used to be in the, the the basement. I mean, this is so boring for people that aren't interested in comedy. But they used to be in the basement of the man that owned them. Owned the company and yeah. Flo, who's my agent now, and Rick. Their jobs would be to take the bins out. Yeah, exactly. But then they work their way up. Now, Rick's big agent looks after Joel Domic, Kevin Bridges. Angela Barnes. Angela Barnes, yeah. So loads of loads of big comics. Anyway, he said when he first started working for the company and he went to check on you at the Edinburgh Fringe to see if the show was going okay and everything like that, you were stood there eating a sandwich. Do you remember this? Well, so far, Rob, I'm not going to lie to you. I've eaten more sandwiches in my life that they're not all memorable. Okay, okay. Anyway, you finished eating the Wait, sandwich. So when was this? Before the show? Before the show or after the show, I'm not sure. You're eating a sandwich, right? Rick's there to check on you as one of the new guys in the company. Rick needs to wind his fucking neck in, right? (laughs) And then you. Why has he contacted you directly about this? He's a fan of the podcast. He's got kids now. He was talking. He said he was going to have to check with Flo first, whether I could tell the story. He should be checking with with the person who's paying (laughs) for that chair he sits on in his fucking office. Me. (laughs) Oh! Anyway, you was eating a sandwich, and we've when you finished, live salt. We've got live salt. When you was, when you was eating this, you finished eating the sandwich, and then when you finished, you just gave him the wrapper to put in the bin. Bull, bullshit! Total <laughs> bullshit! No, he said he remembers it. You just passed him the wrapper like you, he was your servant. That is, do you know what? 
that is a bullshit. But B, he should he should do that because that is part of his job. I've got no memory of that. What's amazing about that, right? <laughs> That's part of his job. It, well, to be fair, at that point, I think that was part of his job. He's not like the rapper uh, taken now. I uh, heard a story about, uh, I mean, it's a similar thing. Backstage at a comedy club, the person who ran it, I won't say who the big name comic was, who's actually a really nice man. Yeah. But say his tour manager was Steve, was called Steve. He was eating a pudding backstage, uh, stood up, and he dropped his napkin, and he just went, Steve? And Steve picked up his napkin. Oh no! Oh, is that where you got it from? So you're saying no, you because were because I didn't do this. Well, I had no, a trick, you... right? At the time, he should have gone. That is an unacceptable thing. Instead, he's gone. Do you know what? I'm going to sit on that for a decade. <laughs> yeah, but he was new. He couldn't. You were the. He wasn't you, new. When was Josh, in Edinburgh. You were, this was you. This was you when you were like Rob, doing the Rob. When, when I joined, last when, leg. You Rick, were the big Rick new was team. higher up in the comedy hierarchy than me when we were in Edinburgh together. Oh, so it's okay to hand rubbish to lower-ranking people in the hierarchy. Is that what it is, Josh? Is that what you're saying? That just some little peasant kid could take it, but not Rick. Is that what you're saying? No, no what I'm saying is he wasn't new. He, he wasn't new. He was you. So you're saying he was used to taking your rubbish, so why bring it up? Just take it, because that's what you're paid to do. Is that what you're saying? Do you know what? I thought it was going to be a different incident with Rick, so I'm quite pleased it's this What's one. What's the other one? I once had an argument, not an argument with him. I once lost it on the phone with Rick. When this was a what? Do you know when you like what kind of life was I living? But I remember when I was doing eight out of ten cats for one of the first times. Yeah. The night before, I had to sleep. I had nowhere to sleep, so I had to sleep on a coat on the floor of my friend's house. Why do you have nowhere to sleep? The night before doing eight out of ten cats, right? <laughs> yeah. And then I remember, like, I was fucked, obviously exhausted and very nervous yes it is a hugely nerve-wracking thing to do yeah and I, I was really new to all this and um I phoned up uh, off the curb and Rick answered I asked him to get a car or whatever today I I had to change the location of the car to eight of ten cats because I didn't know where I was or whatever yeah and I was very snappy with him Rob <laughs> but bear in mind I'd just been sleeping on a fucking coat <laughs> And then I was going to have to go on and banter about the week's news with Sean Locke. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't in a great mental place. Sean Locke is quite scary as well. Yeah. I've, have I told you the Sean Locke story about my black eye I had? Have I told it on here? No. Well, I had a black eye from playing football, just nothing like exciting, just an arm flung around and caught me in the eye and I got a black eye at five-a-side goals. Anyway, I went to do eight or ten cats and they were trying to put makeup on it and to cover it, but it looked more weird. So I went, I'll just go on it with a big black eye. And he went, oh, what happened to your eye? I went, oh, nothing, you know, nothing that interesting. Really. It's not really, I can't really tell the story about it because nothing interesting happened. I went, all right. I went, or oh, maybe I could like make something up. He went, oh, someone's learning. absolutely two-footed me but it was right i should have just made up a funny story well i'd like to apologize to rick yeah. for uh for his made-up story about the uh Ooh, sandwich okay. wrapper. It's, it's like that is it um anyway that may, just made me laugh it's a quick one a quick little uh, week um so at the weekend we're doing a thing now where i have a lie-in on the saturday and then lou takes the kids somewhere and um lou has a line on the sunday and i take the kids somewhere okay just because we're with each other all the time and yeah. that way the parent can has, have their own day or a few hours on a day. Um, on Saturday, Lou took the kids to Hever Castle for the day. Very nice. Um, on the Sunday, I went to Sydenham Sainsbury's because it's massive and has got an Argos. Sydenham Sainsbury's? It's it's great. It looks like a football stadium. It's got a great arc on it. Um, and it's massive, mate. <laughs> Absolutely massive. It's got spec savers in there, all sorts. It feels like the real world again. And um, yeah, I just thought that really summed up our relationship, to be fair. That she yeah. went to Hever uh, Castle. But which did the girls enjoy more? Well, they enjoyed Sainsbury's Sydenham because I literally let them have whatever they wanted as a new parenting technique. Because you know, normally is that a parenting technique, Rob? Well, yeah, I've never, I've never done it before. Or is that weakness? I think it's weakness because on the Saturday night they wouldn't go to sleep, and Lou was having rows with them, and she went, "Oh, you go up and talk to them," and then they went straight to sleep. And Lou went, "What did you say to them?" I said. When we go to the shops, you can have whatever you want. Amazing. <laughs> and then she Amazing. went, yeah, but you can't just do that. I went, well, I haven't given them it yet. I've just given them the promise. But then they remembered. And we had chocolate milk. We had straws, these mad little sugar straws that used to just stick in milk. 
that uh, Maltesers. They drove home with a Pringles <laughs> tube each, eating it. They ate half a tube of Pringles. But it's great fun. I mean, you know, you can't do it every day, but it's just you know, it's easier letting them have what they want. And then they were loaded with sugar, and you went, "Your afternoon, Lou. Enjoy yourself." Yeah, yeah. See you later. Bye. I'm off to play uh, golf. Um, <laughs> do you want some emails, Rob? Yes, please. Now, I'll be honest with you. It was very tight this morning, so I didn't get to read them. So basically, I'm going to give you the titles. Yep. And you can choose. Cool. Okay. Do you want how to help Josh with his baby naming dilemma? Mm. Or Ivory Tower? Oh, let's have a bit of Ivory Tower. The present from the Ivory Tower. Basically, it's first row problems. Sucker. <laughs> okay. So this is people complaining about um, things they shouldn't because their life's actually quite nice. Is that correct? Would you yeah. say? But you can see their point of view, yeah. but you can't actually moan to anyone about it. No, exactly. Hi, Rob and Josh. When we moved to a four-bedroom house, Ooh. I thought this was great. Plenty of space for me and my husband and two girls. Little did I realise when lockdown happened, our usual cleaner could no longer come. It would me cleaning three bathrooms and a downstairs toilet. Four toilets? That's too many toilets, isn't it? Well, I'd love to know. Have they ever been used for a shit all at the same time? <laughs> what, all four members of the family going yeah. for shits at the same time? <laughs> yeah. Lovely family trip to the toilet. How many how many toilets have you got, Rob? How many toilets have I got? I've got uh, a downstairs toilet and an upstairs toilet, and then we've got an ensuite, so three toilets in our house. So you could you could do three shits. Do you think there's ever been three shits at the same time, Rob? I think I'd definitely put money on two. Yeah. But not, I don't think we've done the triple. But when we were growing up, of four brothers, we had one toilet and one no. bathroom in our house, and it took so long to get out of the house because everyone and also as well, there'll be times where was everyone a... showering in the morning before school as well. Yeah, yeah, we're not dirty bastards, Josh. No, um... I was just checking. That must <laughs> also, have been started so early. But I, but if you're having a bath, the rule was if someone needed to come in for a piss, they were allowed to come in and have a piss while he's having a bath. Oh wow. Yeah, but my dad would sometimes do a shit when we're having a bath, and that was that was unacceptable. But it did happen. That wow. was awful. Did you stay in the bath in that situation? I, I for me, I'd get out and leave, and I'd just say, "Well, if you're doing a poo, you've ended my bath." The bath just gets worse from then, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, also baths—they're good for about thirty seconds, and then you're just there going, "What am I doing in here?" I don't like baths. I've got no time for them. I'd, if someone said you can never have a bath again, I wouldn't give a shit. <laughs> Fair enough. There you go, I've said it. That's the he kind of it. thing. I don't care, this guy. I couldn't give a shit. Take my sandwich wrapper and fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew from Tunbridge Wells's uh, Ivory Tower confession. So what, what was hers? You just, it took so long to clean the house? Too long. Moved in the house too big that it took too long to clean. Oh, yeah, that is a hard one to moan at anyone about that, isn't it? Yeah. How about this one? Andrew Gavard, we briefly lived in a Victorian semi. We had to have two hoovers. Whoa, why? Rather than lug the main Dyson up three flights of stairs to vacuum. Oh, that is mental. That You can't have that one. How heavy is your Dyson? Empty it before you carry it up. Two Hoovers. Absolute two, nightmare. No, I'm not having two Hoovers. I'm living in a two Hoover household, Rob. I'm not. I'd just like to be very clear on that. Look, I, I'm, you know, I am operating an eight bin system, but a two Hoover house. Fair enough. Have the main Hoover and then one of them little ones. You know, the little like vac pack thing. Dirt Devils. Them. One of them. I've one of them. You can't have. Two, you can't live in a two Dyson property. No. Come on. You can't have two. It's too much. It takes up too much space. Yeah. Exactly. I, I've got a uh, ivory tower confession for you, Rob. Yeah. Go on. So, well, I've got an ivory tower issue. Is it social distancing? No one can take your sandwich wrappers. <laughs> they have to. You have to anti back before and after you give it to someone to put in the bin. So, I, I can't believe Rick's coming with that. <laughs> I can't believe you've been sitting on it for a decade. He, he got to him, man. You've got, you've got to be good to people on the way up, you know, because you meet them on the way down, Josh. He'll be, you'll be taking his sandwich wrapper soon. <laughs> um, so. When you're Kevin um, Bridgerton's tour manager in about eight years' time. <laughs> it would be such a shit tour manager. Um, so, aircon, Rob. Yeah. We live in a house that is so hot in the summer, and I'm anticipating it. Am I going to have to buy an aircon unit? 
Because my daughter's moved up to the second floor. Look, you're you're in a terraced house, and they get so hot, especially on the roof, because all the just suns on They're the roof. So big the these aircon units, Rob. Well, you can get one that's on, put on the wall, but then you've got to have all pipes running down the side of the house. But I don't know if you'll have space for that because you're terraced. No, yeah. So what you am might I do, Rob. Fan. Oh, have you ever tried to sleep in a hot room with a fan? <laughs> it is the shittest thing. There's no point at which you go. Oh, that's better. It just, it's absolutely... You know what I used to love? Going on holiday in Spain and then have a fan on and then just lay there with that really thin sheet and then you just whip your naked leg out and all the fan goes up your ass. Do you ever do that? No. <laughs> stiff, that's why, mate. <laughs> I don't think that's the line for a stiff neck. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I just, I'd love that. And then you, and then it'll go under the sheet. I, I think a fan's all right. Get a nice, get a Dyson fan. They're good. They're expensive, oh. spenny though. That's the problem. They're expensive. I can't live in a two Dyson fan household, Rob. <laughs> I think everyone's going to need aircon soon if climate change keeps going the way it is. Well, our, my house is unacceptably hot during the summer. So you're going to buy? T- you're going to have a three aircon unit house. Well, and then there's Rose's mum if she's staying to help out. Oh, she don't need one. She'll just be up for a night. <laughs> Fuck her. <laughs> You can't demand that. Where's my aircon unit? Open a window, you lunatic. I've got another problem with aircon, actually, Rob. It's oh, just what is it? Up. Sore eyes. Do you get sore eyes? <laughs> I don't get sore. You want Rob Beckett Guardian eye from the from the fan. Oh, much worse. What? The uh the aircon unit that's in my daughter's old bedroom that's in the new nursery. <laughs> yeah. It's like Cluedo, this. I'm so confused about your ass. You know, you know the big tube that goes from the aircon unit that you stick out the window? Um, no, but I've had a tumble dryer, so I think I'm on the right page. Is that right? Similar yeah. like that? Yeah. I think the builder threw it away, Rob. Oh, my God. That is a stressful purchase, isn't it? How do you, where do you buy a bit of air con tube? <laughs> where do you buy a bit of air con tube? <laughs> also, for people that are more like hands-on and you know, buildery, we'll know exactly where to go. But the weird thing about your life, Josh, is you can get Michael Sheen on the phone to do his podcast easier than a bit of aircon tubing. Yeah, totally. <laughs> You've got no idea. What are you going to do? I wouldn't even know where to start with buying a bit of aircon tube. Wicks? <laughs> I'd go wick. I'd go B&Q and walk around lost. Do they all fit all of the tubes or is there going to be... What if they oh, say Oh, they're not going to fit the tube, are they? It's like the uh, Apple and the headphones, isn't it? Oh, It's a different God. little thing. USB's not a thing anymore, is it? USC, isn't it? My poor dad's just putting new plug sockets with USBs on it and I, I didn't have the art to tell him it's all going USB-C. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Bless him. Um, but, yeah, no, I had no idea where you get that. I'm sure... I'd go B&Q for that or Amazon. Yeah. What are you going to write? Aircon tube into Amazon? Yeah, I'm going to do that right now. Do that right Am- now. Tell me how it goes. Also, do you think Amazon could have had you know a bit of a change up on their website? It's been the same for about twenty years, isn't it? Aircon tube, sixteen ninety nine. Oh yeah, but there are definitely different attachments. Oh no! Oh no! Here we go. Aircon hose pipe. It's an hose pipe PVC. You get a bit of masking tape with it. That don't look like the. Oh god. Seventeen fifty. I found the tube you're after, but it looks so massive, mate. Looks like it looks like one that the kid could climb through. But can you cut up a bit of aircon tube? What's it made out of? You know it's gonna fray if you cut it. You can't cut it. You're better off hoping someone in China has a factory making a million of them, and then you can buy it for fifteen quid. That's your only hope. You know what, Rob? I know this is this is a big decision. I think it's it's probably easier if I just move. The the problem is, Josh. There are, I'd say, a thousand different tubes you could buy, and there is no way you'll know which one. Oh, God. You're going to get seven delivered and it'll be about 100 quid because you know who sends back the aircon tube for eight quid? <laughs> Just put it in the dump pile, don't you? Oh, what a life. Or have I changed? Or have I got a flash all of a sudden? I tell you what we can do. This is a new this is our new, new feature, yeah? We'll do more email. We'll just do emails on Friday because we've spoken loads. Um, this is this is our new feature, Josh, where we a lot of people have started new businesses in lockdown or like before my brother who's a, a barber now <laughs> who's allowed to finish his course on the 12th of April so it's been oh, the world's nice. longest call so good luck to the broccoli barber but people are starting companies or people have got small businesses and I think it's fair that we give everyone a shout out because we do advertising sort of for big companies don't we on here yeah. um, but this is going to be sort of a little freebie advertising section um, for different people doing different products and our first one so if you've got um a, a small business you want to promote and you've just started up and small independent business, we'll happily promote it. 
If you have got a small business you want us to shout out, please email us hello at lockdownparenting.co.uk. But please, 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 and I can't stress this enough, we get so much correspondence. Please, in the subject, put small business shout out so we know it's for that and it's not emails about, you know, ivory towers or kids doing shits on planes. This week, the first one, Josh, is called Stand for Socks. And yeah. it's a company, and their website is www.standforsocks.com. And they've got loads of different for sort of... For the stocks. number or for the word? For the number. Um, and basically, um, I've got a little message here from Chloe. Um, to Rob, we're so excited for you to try our ethically made socks that give back to the homeless community. So far, we have donated over 100,000 pairs of fresh antibacterial socks. We're a small independent business based in Manchester that is trying to change the world one sock at a time. And you can buy socks, and for every pair of socks you buy, they donate a clean pair of socks to homeless people. So, yeah, go to standforsocks.com. And I've got a lovely pair of ones that have got a tiger on it, which my kids love. And the other one has got a uh, 2020 one star would not recommend. So if you want banter on your legs, <laughs> if you want some topical banter on your legs and then it's too late. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So stand for socks.com. Um, so it's, I think it's just nice to be able to uh, promote some other people, Josh. I think that's fair. Yeah. I think that, I think genuinely, um, I know it's obviously it's been a mad tough time for so many people over the last year I hope that we're coming to the end of it. But um, do you know what? If you've waded through the 45 minutes of us grumbling about our lives, I feel like we owe you this. Exactly. And yeah, especially if you've started something new and you're, you've, you know, may have lost your job this year and you're trying a new project or a new company, let us know and we'll give you a big up. Um, that's a nice way to end the podcast, I think. I think it's a lovely way to end the podcast. And also, Josh, as well as the shout outs, I think on a Tuesday, we should end the podcast with a nice message. Yes. Yeah? Something positive. Is this an apology from Rick for making up stories? This is uh, no, no. You need to deal with that independently with Rick, and that, and then thrash it out. I'll be honest with you, Rob. I didn't think he'd last as long at the company as he has. <laughs> anyway, here we go. This is a nice message to end the podcast on an upbeat note. Uh, I would appreciate if you kept me anonymous. Hi, Rob and Josh. Massive thank you for the podcast. My partner and I are both junior doctors getting married in two weeks and with a baby on the way in September. We also got caught up in doing a self-build. What's a self-build? I presume it's building your own house, right? Oh, a self-build. Okay, well, a self-build. That must, that's stressful. Getting married. Little tip. Get some fucking aircon in there. <laughs> or at least, at least a piping. Come on, self-build some piping. Yeah, so that is stressful. They've got a baby on the way, junior doctors, and uh, getting married. Jesus. Anyway, I've just listened to the podcast with Nadia Hussein in my car and had to pull over. i just begun weeping. Without going into great detail, I've been struggling with my mental health and was hitting breaking point. It was a tough listen. I'd kept it pent up and really didn't want to worry my fiancé, thinking she didn't need any more on her plate. I built myself up and spoke with her and since have spoken to my own GP. I'm still struggling and suspect I will be for the foreseeable future, but I feel that just talking about it was progression. If you can pass on a thank you to Nadia, that would be massively appreciated. And thank you both for bringing us a brilliant podcast. It really has meant a lot. Best wishes. Oh, that's nice. That's it? great. And it just shows this guy, he's getting married. He's got a baby on the way. They're building their own house. They're junior doctors. It feels like the perfect sort of life. And it tr- it shows that anyone can be struggling. And the best way about it is to talk and admit that you're, you're struggling and go and get help. So well done to you, Anonymous. And good luck with the house and feeling better. I think it's a great reflection on the power of someone like Nadia talking about what she's been through. Massively. So well done, Nadia. Oh, my God, this, this woman's incredible. She's saving lives one flapjack at a time. <laughs> and just to think it's all because of her husband's thighs. Um, anyway, that's been the podcast. Thank you for listening. We're back on Friday, and uh, I'll see you then. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Bye.